welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the Coupon Queen Fan. You know, when we think of success, we think of those that have it and those that don't. But my next guest says, hey, there's a way for everyone to find out where they fit in. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Dave. So guys, you know how we always say we want to be successful. Well, I have Mr. Dave Jennings here and he's going to talk about the pit of success. So Dave, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Thank you, Queen. Uh, I am a leadership and change guy, and I help uh, individuals, leaders, teams, organizations perform at high levels. I actually originally studied uh, sports psychology, emphasizing organizational psychology. I look at how people perform at their best. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Sports psychology and informational psychology? No, no, organizational psychology. Okay, I was like, wait a minute, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what made you decide to go from sports psychology into organizational psychology? Well, I was always interested in peak performance. And so, but I was also interested in businesses and how people do well. So I actually went to the sports psychology department and I said, you know what, I'm going to focus on business because I, 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 I love business, but I love the mindset of how does an Olympian perform well? How does an astronaut perform well? What is it that allows people to perform well? So I liked both worlds, uh, but I knew that as a, as a long-term career, I'd focus on people in business. Okay, question though. Have you seen any similarities between the two or are they completely different? Oh, there's, uh, there's similarities and differences. You know, the, I, I, one thing about sport is that you have one event, you prepare, you do the event, and uh, you actually spend most of your time preparing for that. Where in life, we're doing it as we go. We cannot always get ready for every event. And so I, I see that as a major uh, difference there. You're, you're always on in life. So why do you call it the pit of success? Because when we think of pits, we don't think of yeah. being successful. I mean, we think of success and we're like, yeah, I'm at the top of my game. And when we think of pits, we're thinking bottom. So how does so, this work? So to answer that, let's first, let's, let's define uh, the idea. A pit of success is the space between your current expertise and your future expertise. So when you're no longer able to rely on what you're really good at, and you're no longer good enough to do what you need to be doing in the future, you are in a pit of success. And when you're in this space, you're overwhelmed, you're full of doubt, decisions take a lot of time. Uh, You prefer not to be there. And because of that, you might wanna say, you know, this is a pit of despair. 
But in reality, it is a pit of success because if you're willing to embrace this between space, when you're between two expertise, you can do anything. If you're not willing to embrace the between space, you will always keep doing what you already know how to do. So that, that's the setup for your, your question. And now then the answer. So why the pit of success? The pit, it is a pit when you're in that space. You're, it's dark, you don't have answers, you're confused. However, if you are willing to get into that pit and go through it, you can achieve most any success you want because you're able to do things you don't know how to do. And rather than going back to your home base of what you already know how to do, you're doing things that you don't know how to do yet. And you can achieve any success if you're willing to go there. Okay, wow. So let's talk about this in-between space. How does one embrace that? Because I, I think that's the hardest is, you know, I think sometimes we get stuck there. So how do we embrace it and say, okay, this is going to propel me forward? So, and you asked really a key question because everybody is going to go into the space and everybody is going to want to walk out of the space and go back to what they know. We're, we're not being, you know, uh, just avoidant when we go in there. Our brain likes doing what we already know how to do. And so the fact that you get in there and it's hard and, you know, it's this between and, and you want to go back, the most logical thing for you to do is to go back. And so it's not that we're just lazy or anything else. Our brain works that way. So once we realize that that is logical, that I'm in that space, I can quit um, getting down on myself rather than saying, you know, oh, why aren't I better at this? You can say, oh, I should be lost. You know what? It's normal not to know. So one of the first ways to embrace the space is to realize that sense of loss, the doubt, the wondering if you're good enough, those are all normal. And uh, I've now interviewed many, many people on this. And it doesn't matter if you're the president of a company, uh, going into college, going back to college, doesn't matter where you're at in life. This is a common experience. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Okay. Now, I know, even for myself, a lot of us don't like that lost feeling. What do we do when we see that lost feeling? How do we say, okay, I'm at this in-between space? Like, how do, how do, we, how do, okay, how do we identify it without fear? That, that should be my real question. And, and I'm going to say maybe it is with fear. Uh, and so you, uh, most things in life are achieved with doubt and with fear rather than without it. And so uh, one, it's okay to be lost and confused. So you, you walk into the space uh, and, and the first thing you do is acknowledge, you know what, I fill in over my head. Merely by acknowledging that, you've actually increased your ability to deal with it. So uh, when, when we define that as, yep, I don't know, and I'm going to embrace this, and it's okay that I don't know, you take a lot of burden off because you, you've probably been in a situation where you look around at others, they all seem so competent and you're going, why do they get it and I don't? Right. Well, yeah, yeah. So they get it because maybe they have a little bit more experience, but your brain will rewire. The evidence is so strong that you will rewire 
and knowing that it will rewire after practice gives you the, the confidence and the faith to say, you know what? I should not be better than I am. There's no reason I should be. I haven't practiced this enough. I'm going to figure this out. And I just got to, you know, jump in. And that's part of the process for everybody. So what are some of the things that we see when we're striving for the success? Because a lot of times we, we see, okay, how can I put it? It makes it a lot of times when we see people, especially on television, social media, you know, we go to these master classes and there's this person at the top preaching at you like, everyone can do this. You've got this. If I did it, you can do it too. And, and it's like, yeah, dude, I got here just barely in an Uber. How do I, how, how, how do, how do we maneuver this? How do we maneuver these obstacles? So one is to first realize, you know what, they got there because that's where they wanted to be. You may want to be somewhere else and their path may not be your path. Uh, and so I, I'm not trying to be them and, and you know, who, who's the best me I could be. So I would say that's first. But the other part of that is just to realize that uh, first, they, 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 those speakers are right in that you can rewire your brain, but you and I have different proclivities. So right now, if you wanted me to, to run a, a talk show like you're doing now, I would be a little bit intimidated because I have no experience running it, setting it up, editing right. that. I would be overwhelmed. However, if I had done that 10 times, then I'd start going, oh, I kind of get, oh, I would start learning the things. The fact is, at first, we are all incompetent. And if you accept that, yep, I'm going to be incompetent, it's going to take a while for my brain to connect then you can embrace it. And you really can learn most anything you want to learn. Uh, just like on that, we, we've looked at various studies where, uh, you know, we're looking at 70, 80, and 90-year-olds. And can they learn new things? Absolutely. One of the studies we looked at showed that after only 30 hours of training, these 80, 90-year-olds, they had moved two standard deviations in their ability, which means if they were bad, they became good. And if they were good, they became excellent. And uh, you, you can rewire. Age is not, not an issue. So they're right in saying you can be there, but you got to pay the price. And most of us, when we first start trying to learn something and it's hard, we have a routine of going, what's the matter with me? I should be better. And therefore, we walk away before we cross that skill gap. And so realizing I just got to pay the price. My brain will connect if I do it enough. So there, there's a start. So is that what you mean by hot wiring your brain? Like, yeah, when we think of hot wiring, of course, we think of a car. So right. is this what you mean by hot wiring your brain? So by hot wiring your brain, what we mean is to take advantage of the brain's natural ability to rewire. Your brain is, in, some, in simple terms, all right, which brain is not simple, there's like, you know, billions of connections going on. And in the simplest terms, all your brain need is focus plus repetition to gain a new skill. So if I focus on most anything and I repeat it in a timely manner, my brain will eventually make that connection. 
And so you can hotwire your, your brain by realizing that uh, it will rewire when I take the time to, uh, to invest in that repetition. And, and part of that repetition, uh, well, let me, let me change that thought there. That part of that is your familiarity is gonna make it easier. For example, let's say you're a violin player and then you decide that you wanna play cello. It's gonna be pretty easy for you because you already have foundations of, of the instrument. Right. A cello and a violin are kind of the same, right? Right. However, if, if uh, so you could probably start playing songs within the first day. However, if I'm a drummer and you ask me to play the cello, I'm gonna struggle because I don't have the existing wiring to build the foundation. So when you find something hard, it's because the foundations are not there. It's not because you're not capable. It's because you don't have enough practice in that area. So there you go. Ooh, okay, okay. Wow. You know, it, it, it just seems like a lot of times I have to, and I have to ask you this. Are we our own worst enemy when it comes to trying to achieve something? Because it's always said, but sometimes things that are said aren't necessarily true. So are we our own worst enemy? Uh, as well as our own friend too. So uh, I, we can be both. And the way we define things uh, really affects us. And you know, going back to that pit of success idea, if you define your situation as a pit of despair, so whatever, whatever it is, a health issue, a relationship issue, a job issue, uh, a skill, you're learning violin. Uh, if you define that as a pit of despair, your brain actually will have to work harder because it's sending chemicals out that make it harder to do things and it actually becomes more depressed. But if you're, and so when you say, are we our own worst enemy? If you define your situation as one of despair or I'm helpless or I'm stuck, your brain actually supports you. And by the same token, if you define it as a pit of success, and that doesn't mean you have to love it, all right? I want to be very key. Just because, you know, we're, I push the idea that you can learn things, it doesn't mean you always have to love it and be all happy. But if you're willing to say, all right, this is a pit of success, and if I'm willing to go through this, I can figure it out. Now, literally, the brain chemicals change, and you are more capable of solving it. So you can become your own worst friend, I'm, I'm sorry, your own worst enemy or your best friend by the way you define situations. Ooh, okay. So in other words, the way we treat ourselves can actually change the chemical balance in our, in our brains. Word choice, just simply the, even the words. If I, the word I use, if I, if I use the word stuck, all right, I am stuck, I can convince myself uh, that I am and, and and literally the chemicals flow versus if I say, hey, I've got options, there are different chemicals that flow. And so mm. word choice matters, definitions matter. Mm. Now, I saw you say something that I found very interesting, which was slow down to speed up. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> How so, does it work? When we think of going faster, we're always like, well, if I can do more, I can get there faster. Right. 
But the fact is, when you're going and going and going, you actually are sometimes hurting yourself. And just examples like one, you know, stealing one out of the uh, the book, The Pit of Success. We talk about a, a race car driver who loses a major race uh, because he did not take a pit stop and he lost traction and such. Uh, and the willingness to take a, a life pit stop, the willingness to take breaks, the willingness to, you know, whether it's just breathing, whether it's vacations, the research is really clear that if you are willing to take a break, you can actually go faster. Uh, your performance can go up and it can be as simple. And here's the, I think a big idea for, for a lot of us is, uh, and I need this one to remind myself, a 30 second break can improve performance. A three minute break can improve performance. So like what Wait, I'll do- the 30 seconds? How could 30 yes. seconds improve performance? Oh, well, we got, we got a great example on that. Uh, I, I think it was the Mayo Clinic. I, I can't remember which- uh, which clinic it was right now, but they asked surgeons, all right, these individuals who have to have their hands in a certain spot for a long period of time, they can't put them below the area that's contaminated. They have to keep them in this uh, clean field. And, and they asked the surgeons to uh, take a, like a 30 second break. And all they did in the break was stand up straight, turn your head to like the left or right and take a breath. By doing that, these surgeons uh, reduce stress. They were able to perform longer. They express more job satisfaction merely by taking a break. And a surgeon, you know, holding your hands up like that for several hours is grueling and, and your, your back and everything with, with just a little bit of time. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that was at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, they, they were able to show that performance improved. Uh, on, on the job, most of us aren't, uh, you know, surgeons, but on the job, they've shown that even just standing up and doing something as simple as looking across the room, quit looking at your computer or whatever task you have, look across the room, take a breath, you know, just look around, look at other things and coming back can improve performance and energy. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Because we don't think that something as simple as, I mean, I, I was really perplexed when you said 30 seconds. I'm like, how could 30 seconds make a difference? But yeah, oh my gosh. So question, who is your book for? Is it for someone that's starting a business, someone that's already in a business and trying to make it better or everyone? So, uh, the marketing answer is it's for leaders. The real answer is it's for everyone. I really, when I was writing it, I really struggled with do I, uh, you know, who, who is the, the main audience? I spend most of my life with leaders. And so uh, I, I targeted the examples at leaders, but the concepts in here are for everyone, whether you're, uh, it doesn't matter your role, parent, uh, student, uh, retiree, the concepts can apply to everyone. Most of the examples we use, many of them are, are more business oriented, but uh, the concepts you can use uh, any place in your life. Nice, nice. Okay, so are, because a lot of times we see these things and it's like, you know, you get through a book and you're saying, 
how do I apply this to myself? Oh yeah, and, and this book is all designed as how to apply it to myself. Uh, I would argue that, you know, you read the first two chapters, you get the foundation on the brain and the, and the, and the pit of success, and the rest is how to. Each chapter you could even pick uh, uh, like a chapter that you'll work on for the month, that, that skill. Uh, each chapter is a skill that uh, will add to your ability to adapt, succeed, and repeat. See, and I was just going to ask you about that. Okay, where does that come from? Because I know we talked about, you know, learning the foundations as opposed to, you know, a violinist becoming a cellist or a drummer becoming a cellist. But what do you mean by adapt, succeed, and repeat? And how do we know when we're successful? <laughs> so first question, uh, what does adapt, succeed, and repeat mean? So you and I are good at things right now. We have a current expertise. We're going to go into right. the pit of success, and we're going to be in between. We're then going to work hard, and we're going to gain a new expertise. Well, that new expertise is going to become our home base. And once we're in that for a while, we will then need to repeat the cycle. We'll have to embrace a new pit of success. And that's what makes life you know, enjoyable is to take on challenges uh, that we can continually benefit from. Uh, some of those challenges we don't always like at first, but we usually learn from most of them. So the first idea, adapt, succeed, and repeat, is that you are going to continually gain a new expertise, get comfortable at that, and then life changes are going to say, you need to adapt again. And to me, the key message of the pit of success is that is who you are. The reason you are where you are today is you have already done this many times and you can keep on doing it. So that was your first question before, uh, before I go to right. the next any, any comments on that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm loving this. So, so uh, yeah, and that's the freedom is to realize, all right, I'm going to get good. And I am so able. And, you know, when I say so able, I am not a motiv quote, motivational speaker type person. I look at the research and what the research says is your brain can rewire when you're willing to apply. This is not rah, rah, you can do it, you know, go, uh, that may have a place, but the research on your brain is so clear that you can rewire, you can adapt and succeed and repeat that to me, what I'm always saying is it's just brain science. It's not, it's not hoopla or anything. It's just pragmatic brain science. You're right. So, so are you saying this is why sometimes teams can have cheerleaders at the game and still lose? Uh, the cheerleaders are not going to affect the outcome of the game. Usually. Exactly. Because sometimes I think that's what most people don't realize is like, and I'm not saying for all before everyone starts coming at me, you know, Queen Pen, you've had motivational speakers on. How could you say this? Let me tell you, sometimes motivational speakers are the cheerleaders for us. And, and, and there are moments we all need a cheerleader at times. However, uh, you know, I, I need that mentor, that friend, or that person. To right. Dave, you're okay. You'll figure this out. You know, uh, yeah, today's a bad day and you're going to figure it out. We need that. I do not take away from that. However, 
what I need to do to get past the, the euphoria of the cheering is I need to realize, all right, I have a changeable brain. My brain can learn skills. I can adapt. I'm going to have to work at those. And I'm probably going to have to work a little longer than I want. I wish I just got it. I wish you could plug a chip into me and I could do, you know, whatever it is. But the fact is, I'm going to have to learn it. You, you don't get a, a buy on the learning curve. We wish we did. We wish that I, I had that person's skill. But the fact is, they've probably paid more of a price for that skill than I have. So I like that. I like that. So in other words, we have to figure out what our reasons are for doing what we want to do. Absolutely. And you know, your earlier question on how do you get through the pit? One yeah. of the variables is clarity of purpose. So if you're facing a good situation, a bad situation that's put you into a pit and you want to make it a pit of success, one of the first things you can do is sit down and go, all right, what, what, what is my purpose here? You know, even if it's a negative thing, what, what is my purpose? Maybe my purpose is just to pay the rent this month. All right. Maybe my purpose is to go to college myself or, or help a family member go to college. But when we're more clear on purpose, we can put up with a lot of different pits. Okay. Question. Does our purpose have to be huge? Oh, absolutely not. Purposes can be very simple. It can be, I, I want to have fun. It can be, uh, I, I want to prove it to myself. It can be, I, I, I just want to, you know, I want to buy a new bicycle. <laughs> Purposes uh, do not need to be grand. Uh, it's, it's a purpose that moves you. So whatever that works for you. Now, please understand people. This man knows what he's talking about. He's helped sales forces all over the place, including Microsoft, Intel, you know, and other places. So you guys know these people do not bring in just anyone. So yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, you know what? It, it's so crazy. Cause I'm like learning so much. I'm learning, I'm learning so, so much. And, and I forget there that, that, and to me, that's the excitement of this is that uh, no matter who you are, this is applicable. I, I get to work with CEOs. I get to work with mid managers, new folks, everyone. And the response is the same, whether we're doing this in Asia, in Europe, in South America, the response is the same, regardless of age, regardless of field. It's like, oh, you mean I'm okay? I can go into this and figure it out and, and I'm gonna do this? Yes. And when people realize that uh, it's normal to have the doubts, it's normal to feel like you can't do it, it's, it's this burden lifted off them. And it's, it's across the world. This is a shared experience that, uh, all of us go through and all of us can get through. Okay, so you've worked with these people, you have studied the psychology on all of this. Why write a book? Why make this available to everyday people like me? So, uh, uh, two answers. Uh, one, my clients kept on asking for it. 
And so uh, that was one. And the more personal one actually deals with my family. So you can imagine uh, my kids have had to listen to dad talk about some of this stuff. And I go out, I help organizations go through change. I help leaders step up and I'm working on all these things. My kids get bits and pieces of it. And I thought, you know, one thing I really want to do is have an organized way that my kids can have a manual for success. And, uh, and so part of what drove me is what could I give my kids? And the fact that my clients wanted it helped out, but uh, that was part of my driver. That is so awesome. See, so we can learn things from our kids. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Dave, tell everyone where they can, well, wait, before we tell everyone where they can find your book, you actually have a class that goes along with this book. How does that work? And so, yeah, we uh, have a program that we bring into companies uh, called the Pit of Success. Uh, and we help uh, the employees of the company embrace that, the leaders embrace that. And so if people are interested in that, just uh, go to the website, uh, www.davejennings.com and there's a way to contact uh, me and my team there and we can help you out. So awesome, so awesome. So all you COVIDpreneurs, people that created businesses, or even if you had to revamp your business, during this time, because we know when we couldn't get into the out, things went a little wonky for everyone. So definitely check out this class because this man is the real deal. Okay. <laughs> and Dave, tell everyone where they can find your book. Well, all the major platforms uh, that you know, Amazon, Barnes Noble, many others, uh, they have the ebook available, the hardback, or the, the paperback comes out in about six weeks, uh, mid-August, it will be available. You can pre-order right now uh, if you'd like, and uh, it really does apply to everybody. It's something you can use, and all those people you just mentioned with COVID, COVID really forced all of us into a pit of success. And we've learned some things, not all of them that we've liked, but we've embraced some things and we've come out with new skills. We are different from who we were a year ago. And basically because we were willing to embrace a pit of success and kind of the, my, my, uh, my, my mantra for everybody is your future depends on your willingness to be temporarily incompetent. If you're willing wow. to be temporarily incompetent and embrace the pit, you can become what you want to become. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, get out of your own way. Try it, <laughs> learn it, practice it. Oh my gosh, David has been amazing having you. Guys, you know, if you've missed anything, all of his information will be in the show notes. So you won't miss a thing. But again, David has been amazing having you. Thank you, Queen. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Now, one of the biggest takeaways I personally got from this is sometimes we need to slow down to speed up. And you heard what he said. So let's take that moment out and let's make sure we're doing that from now on. But guys, all of Dave's information will be in the show notes so you won't miss a thing. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy 
shopping. What's up, everybody? This is Dee Watkins, host of the Unfiltered Views podcast. You are now tuned in to CQP Moments with the Coupon Queenpin.